As Tiger Woods once said, second sucks, it's the first loser. While I do love this intense mindset, as all competitive golfers know, winning in golf is not exactly easy or a common occurrence at all. Golf is such a different sport and that a second place finish is really not too bad of a result relative to the field size. Sometimes a second place finisher might not have done anything particularly wrong and they just got beat by a better performance. Which is why in this video, I'm gonna mix it up a little bit and pay homage to those performances that were winning worthy but came up just short. Hello everyone, it's here in Peter Mata and without further ado, we're going to look at the top five best second place performances ever in golf. Number five, Ernie Els, the 2004 Masters. Ernie Els, the big easy. Now I've had the pleasure of meeting Ernie at the Zurich Classic and he's truly one of the good guys on tour and really one of the legends from the past 30 years. His four majors and 19 total PGA Tour wins, along with his many other wins outside the tour, speaks for itself. But man, there were so many times in the last 30 years where Ernie had some great second place performances, most of which were to Tiger. But in this particular case, it happened against Mr. Phil Mickelson. In one of the most exciting final round back nines in Masters history, Ernie and Phil dueled until the very end. Starring three shots behind 54 hole leaders Phil and Chris DeMarco, Ernie put in work that Sunday. Starting with a solid two under front nine that included a birdie eagle run on seven and eight that helped him take the lead. Ernie was feeling very good that day. He even mentioned how he felt so confident from the way he was hitting and playing that he thought he could birdie just about every hole out there. As the round went into the back nine, it came down to three players, Ernie, Phil, and I'd also like to give a shout out to KJ Choi, who also played extremely well all the way into the end with a final round 69 that included a memorable eagle on number 11. Getting back to Ernie, he followed up his solid front nine 34 with an even nicer back nine, shooting three under with no bogeys and taking advantage of the par fives with an eagle on 13 and birdie on 15. With three holes to go, he had a one-shot lead on Phil, and while he didn't birdie any of those final three holes, he didn't give an inch. He was very calm and composed throughout, and it appeared that maybe his final round 5 under 67 would be at least good enough to get him in the playoff. However, that's not how history drew it up. As Phil bucked up, and for the first time in his career, he won a major championship. He backed up a poor two over front nine with a five under back nine. And remember when I said that Ernie had a one shot lead going to the final three holes and was probably going to at least get in a playoff? Well, Phil the Thrill earned his namesake by birding 16 and 18. And as we know, Phil did his iconic leap on the final hole with the game winning putt and took that year's green jacket from Ernie. Now this was definitely a disappointing loss for Ernie, but he certainly shouldn't have hung his head. He played as well as anyone could have that day. It was just finally Phil's time. Number four, Steve Scott, the 1996 US Amateur. 
one of the original great first losers to Tiger. This admission on the list is the only amateur event and also the only match play event on the list. And this was your classic David vs Goliath showdown between Steve Scott and Tiger Woods. Steve Scott, a University of Florida product, who had just finished his freshman year and had a decent game with somewhat of a funky swing and putting style. On the other side, you have Tiger Woods and the aura and all the accolades that come with him. In this event, Tiger was going for his third straight US Amateur, which no one had ever done. In his sixth straight year of winning a USGA event, he had previously won the US Junior Amateur from 1991 to 1993, so obviously Steve Scott was up against it here. However, Scott did not back down, and he put up a performance to be remembered. In the opening 18 holes of the match, Scott was giving Tiger all he could handle. Making putts and sticking shots close, he applied the pressure all day on Tiger, and by the end of the first 18, he had assumed a 5-up lead on Tiger. Now you're probably thinking, oh well, he must have probably played bad and choked the final 18. But that's not at all what happened. In fact, Scott played just as good, and he even estimated that he probably shot 2 or 3 under on that final 18. Which in normal circumstances, when you shoot that and you're 5 up in a match, you probably are going to hold on to win. Unfortunately, he ran into the buzzsaw that is Tiger Woods. And by the time the pair had reached the 5th hole in the second 18, Scott's lead was down to 2 up. However, he was able to hold that lead steady heading to the back 9, and it led to some tremendous fireworks from both players, starting first on the 10th hole. With his lead now down to 1 up, Scott chipped it in to regain a 2 up lead. With Scott not backing down and being really scrappy all day, it took some Tiger magic to finally catch him. As Tiger eagled the very next hole and made a bomb on 17 to square the match. With the match ending all square after 36 holes, it did indeed go into a sudden death playoff. And on the 38th hole, Scott's journey ended as his par putt missed, and Tiger tapped in to win his third straight US Amateur. While the pair did go on to very different career paths, Steve Scott's performance was an all-timer and definitely champion worthy. It's just unfortunate he played an all-timer in Mr. Tiger Woods. Number three, Phil Mickelson, the 2016 Open Championship. Another man known for some great second place performances is Phil Mickelson. Obviously, we've mentioned Phil earlier in his first triumph in a major championship. However, this wasn't always the case for Phil. As for the longest time, when Phil was searching for his first major, he had many great second place performances. Interesting enough, this one, the 2016 Open Championship, came later in his career. And in this performance, it truly was a two-man duel between Phil and Henrik Stenson. By the end of the third round, Phil had a five-shot lead on third place and was only one shot behind Stenson. As they went through their final rounds, they continued to separate themselves from the field. And in the front nine of the final round, Phil shot a bogeyless four-under that even included an eagle. He did take the lead at one point and was even tied for most of the nine, but going to the back nine, he trailed Stenson by one. 
Grinding away, the two were tied with five holes to play. Stenson buried the next two holes and took a two-shot lead going to the par 5 16th, where drama ensued. With Stenson being in the greenside rough in two, Phil had an eagle putt to possibly erase the deficit and place the pressure on Stenson. Unfortunately, despite a great effort, Phil just missed the putt and Stenson was able to get up and down. While Phil still tried to put the pressure on for the last two holes, Stenson was simply performing too strongly and even ended up extending his lead with a final birdie on 18 to win by three over Phil. While this is the only one on the list where the end result wasn't a playoff or one-shot loss, it deserved to be mentioned because of just how well both played. By the end of the tournament, Phil had beaten the third place finisher by 11 strokes. Overall, Phil shot rounds of 63, 69, 70, 65 for 17 under and a total of 267, which tied the previous open record set by Greg Norman in 1993. Unfortunately, in this case, Phil just got beat by another all-time performance with Henrik Stenson. I mean, it's, it's tough to argue with the final round 63 and 20 under overall. All you can do at that point is just take your hats off to him and pay your respects. Number two, Jack Nicklaus, the 1977 Open Championship. Also remembered as the Duel in the Sun, this Open featured two legends. Tom Watson and Jack Nicklaus. Just for some context where each stood at this point in their career, Jack was already a legend in the game by then. Coming into 1977, he had compiled 14 majors and 61 wins. As for Tom Watson, while he did win the 1975 Open Championship, he only had two other wins coming into 1977, so he was very much still coming into his own going into that season. In that 1977 season, coming into the Open, both were having very good seasons. Jack had three wins, and Tom had four wins, which included a win at the Masters. And guess who came in second there? Mr. Jack Nicklaus. So the two were playing very well, and already were developing a history of competing against each other, heading into that year's Open Championship. In the tournament itself, Jack and Tom separated themselves from the rest of the field at the end of three rounds. The two were tied at 7-under and had a three-shot lead on third place. As we heard earlier, the moniker often used for this tournament is the Duel in the Sun, and this nomenclature came specifically because of this legendary final round. In the front nine of that round, the two went back and forth. Jack first took control with two birdies in the first four holes, and with Tom going one over in those holes, Jack had established a three-shot lead going to the fifth tee. However, Tom fought right back with three birdies in the next four holes, and while he did bogey the ninth hole, he was only one shot back of Jack going into the final nine. The quality of play only increased in the back nine as Jack nailed a birdie putt on 12 to take a two shot lead, and Tom responded right back again with birdies on 13 and 15, erasing that deficit. The two were now tied and further drama ensued. Jack missed a great opportunity to take the lead on 16, and Tom capitalized on the very next hole 
as he birdied the 17th to take a one-shot lead going to 18. On 18, it looked all but over when Jack hit his drive near the famous bushes of Turnberry, and to make matters even more dire, Tom hit two perfect shots, leaving him with a short birdie putt. However, the Golden Bear did not quit, as he slashed a mighty iron shot onto the green and made a clutch birdie putt to apply all the pressure onto Tom. Unfortunately for Jack, Tom was able to handle business and make his birdie to win the 1977 Open Championship and conclude the duel in the sun. At the end of the day, Jack had finished a tournament with rounds of 68, 70, and 65, 66 on the weekend. Overall, he had finished 11 under and 10 strokes better than the third place finisher. Obviously, Jack needn't hang his head for this result. His all-time career speaks for itself, and if anything, this runner-up included in his 19 major runner-ups showed just how consistent and great the Golden Bear really was. Now before we go to number one, let's give a shout out to the ones that were left on the cutting room floor.
Number 1. Bob May, the 2000 PGA Championship. In the midst of Tiger Woods' greatest PGA Tour season, we have this beautiful duel. Again, this was another David vs. Goliath showdown. On one side, it featured Tiger Woods, who was the defending champion and was going for his third straight major victory that year. On the other side, it had Mr. Bob May, who had only one European Tour win and was 48th ranked at the time. Despite the difference in resumes, May went about his business, and after three rounds, he was 12 under and had placed himself one shot behind Tiger going into the final round. While the leaderboard was closely packed after three rounds, May and Tiger quickly separated themselves as the final round ensued. May came out the door swinging with two birdies in the first five holes and took a two-shot lead. Tiger, as he does, responded quickly with two birdies on seven and eight, and the two were tied heading into the back nine. May countered right back to start the back nine with three straight birdies. Tiger did match with two birdies of his own, but May was clearly firing on all cylinders and now had the lead. The two again matched birdies on 14, and on 15, the momentum changed. After May fired another beautiful iron shot close, Tiger was scrambling, leaving his birdie chip 10 feet short. The tournament was on the line here, and Tiger buried his par putt, and surprisingly, May missed his short birdie putt, despite saying later that he hit the putt the way he wanted to. But with that swing, May's lead remained at 1. On 17, Tiger evened it up with a birdie, and the two marched to the 18th hole tied. On 18, both gave themselves an opportunity with putts for birdie. May stepped up first with his 15-footer and somehow brushed it in. I always remember the way the ball broke back left as if May had used a force or something. Anyways, with May in at 18 under, the pressure was left to Tiger to force a playoff. And as he seemed to always do in his prime, Tiger nailed it. With those putts, the two headed off to a three-hole aggregate playoff starting back on 16. The first playoff hole held great drama as May got up and down with a brilliant 50-yard pitch shot, and it appeared the two might remain tied. However, Tiger stroked and ran after his ball as it went into the hole giving him the one-shot advantage going to the last two playoff holes. It remained a one-shot advantage going into the last playoff hole as both made solid pars on 17. On 18, both were scrambling. May hit his approach shot to 40 feet and Tiger was in the greenside bunker in 4. Tiger hit a tidy little bunker shot to a couple of feet which meant May most likely needed to hold his long putt to tie. And he damn near did, as he came up just short, and all Tiger had to do was tap in to win. At the end of the tournament, May had shot three straight 66s to finish, and the two had separated themselves from third place by five shots. May's efforts were legendary, as he pushed the greatest golfer of all time, who was in the midst of his greatest stretch, all the way to the brink. While he did lose, May is probably remembered more because of it. I would say it's it's very akin to the way Michael Jordan would beat some of the great players and performances in the 1990s. 
The quality of golf May played under the pressure was really goat level, and it simply took a goat to beat him. Hope you all enjoyed this list. It was very challenging to put together. Uh, I wanted to put performances that were from big major championships. So that's why you didn't see any regular tour events or anything like that. Also didn't want to put any chokes or anything where there was bad or mediocre play. I just really wanted to highlight great performances, especially those that came in second. But yeah, definitely let me know what you guys think. Maybe I missed one or y'all had a different list. Like I said, I always try to be objective. But of course, a top five countdown like this can be very subjective. Anyways, thanks again for watching y'all. Please like, subscribe, and comment below. Your words mean something to me.